Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Terry McBride, T McBee, as we get ready for Tuesday, September 1st, wall-to-wall baseball, unless, of course, your team had a recent positive COVID test, and then you're sitting out, like Oakland, and uh, I forget who's sitting out as well. Is, uh, it was Seattle. Oh, no, it's not Houston. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to go look at that. <laughs> Lost. Yeah, I thought it was Seattle. I know that was but... one of those games. We'll Let's see. Up there. Very exciting. All right, so in any event, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, off on a good note here. But uh, we've got tons of baseball, so we're just going to jump right in. We've got a two-game 640 slate on some sites. I haven't looked to see uh, FanDuel kicking off with. FanDuel is starting with seven games at 7 o'clock, so there we go. And then uh, basketballs at 5.30 Eastern with the tip-off. You can check out my pin tweet. We're running the Fred Van Elite Fan Club. I only did 75 uh, entries in this one. I was worried I couldn't get 100 people to join with the early tip-off. And I didn't won't have time to chase people down tomorrow. So jump on in that. Uh, it will fill quickly. I was going to make it 50, but 50 would fill overnight. It's those last 20 that get a little tricky. But we'll reach the tipping point with 75 a lot quicker. If you win that with an Osmo avatar... You get 34 days of Osmo premium content. Just reach out to me on Twitter when you have one. I will double check you have the Osmo avatar, and then you will be ready to go. Speaking of ready to go, let's hit these first four, well, six pitchers, I guess. We've got Sonny Gray going for Cincinnati. Elysia Hernandez for Miami. We have probable opener um, Merriweather here for Toronto. I'm looking at him. He's 9,500 on the DK slate. You have Yamaguchi, who is going to be the guy that gets uh, about three innings. He's coming in at 5,000. So it's Shune Yamaguchi. I'm sure I did not pronounce that correctly. And then in the middle of all that, you've got Kwang Young Kim, who is uh, a lefty going for the Cardinals. This will be actually his fourth start. How have I missed this guy in the rotation? Have they just been playing on these early 640 slates and odd times? Well, it's the cards, so two of those probably came you know, weeks and weeks ago, and they haven't played in between or, or whatever. No, but, uh, the 27th, 22nd, and the 17th of August were three wow. of his four appearances. Yeah. And he <laughs> I remember seeing days. him once, four times. Is, yeah, four times. Uh, I definitely don't remember seeing him come up four times, but uh, I I forget who it was that I talked about him with, but I think he came through one of these uh, on one of the shows. But uh, I don't have his pricing in front of me for that slate. But uh, overall, he's a KBO guy. He came over from uh, the okay. SK Wyvern to the KBO, right? Uh, so over there, he was a 20%-ish strikeout guy, 10%-ish walk, like 10 to 12% walk. It's not a heavy strikeout league. So those are decent numbers over there. But I don't expect it to translate over to this league. Uh, so far this year, he's uh, 36% whiff on the 25 change-ups that he's thrown low teens with and everything else, which seems to track with that. Uh, he's not going to strike out as many guys uh, in this league as he does, as he did in the KBO sitting in the second percentile of strikeout rate. Uh, so that uh, definitely holds up, throws a low nineties fastball, a slider uh, curveball, and the infrequent changeup that I mentioned. So not a real target of a pitcher, but if it's one of those guys who's very you know inexpensive on DK, we might get a few innings out of them and uh, you know, maybe a low, uh, low on dice roll wouldn't be necessarily a play for me on Vandal, I don't think. All right. And that's, that will uh, kind of be the main the main look there. You've got uh, Hernandez, who's a decent 
pitcher. Uh, DraftKings is, of course, doing their single pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders, two utility. And then FanDuel does have uh, – they're going to start – I was it, I misread it. There's, what, 10 games, I think, or 11. Um, I'm not seeing if they're counting any of the post or any of the COVID issues. But um, with this here, you have uh, Hernandez, who's reasonable, uh, going against the Blue Jays. Uh, that one is in Miami. And then Sonny Gray on the other side going against the Cardinals. So if you're paying for anyone on this, it's going to be Sonny Gray. My first alternative um, would probably be Hernandez. And then my third would be Kim. If I'm ranking, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Hernandez is pitching well. I couldn't find anything that he's doing differently, but he's getting better results. So it's kind of one of those situations that I mentioned the other day where, like, I like to have something tangible that I can attach these changes and results to. Uh, But so far this year, he's 33% strikeout rate, 4.1% walk rate. Uh, For his career over his 171 innings, he was 22.1% strikeout, 7.8% walk. So he's striking out more guys, walking fewer. Uh, you know, it's still a short sample on the season overall, but he seems to be pitching a little bit better. So, yeah, I think he would definitely be uh, second banana for me. And uh, obviously, Sonny is uh, is the top guy out of this list. That's not right. Yeah. For Hernandez, my guess is he's probably just pounding the zone because he has allowed five home runs in 23 and two-thirds innings, but he has 32 strikeouts, which is like Verlander, Kershaw, prime uh, – level of yeah, you crack that 30 percent you're, you're striking out a lot of guys for sure but uh yeah if he's just throwing that's something that'll probably correct and turn around on him if he's just putting the ball in the medium part of the zone all right we've got let's see six seven eight nine ten eleven game main slate here we'll go through the pitching we do have coors field we've got some aces we've got some also rands and a few guys in between uh that's the category we're going to talk about here uh, and no, no slight to your Yankees. You guys can't see Terry, but he is wearing his uh, Yankees ball cap. We've got Masahiro Tanaka, 7,600 on DK. I'm very interested. Going against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay been a little pesky. Uh, Sunday they were off to the races here. Seemingly everybody hit a home run. Uh, on Monday night they ended up getting two off of Garrett Cole. And by the way, Garrett Cole on pace to allow 62 home runs if he were to pitch his 212 innings from last year. The only pitcher to have allowed more or 50 or more home runs is Burt Blylevin, uh, way, way, way back in the day. Um, what a stat. And I don't remember if that was when he was with the Angels or if he, when he was with the Twins, but it was a long, long time ago. Do you remember his, his Chris Berman nickname? Oh, jeez. I do not. What was it? Bert be home by 11. <laughs> That's so good. That, Boomer's the, the best at that. Oh, those, that was so in good. the heyday of, of he just was, was uh, he had some phenomenal ones. The only one I ever yeah. made up was Aaron, Aaron Seeley Putty. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, otherwise i wasn't not clever enough and i like puns i just wasn't clever enough for <laughs> for, for those nicknames uh on the other side here for tampa bay we do have uh trevor richards going he has gone 86 76 82 and 76 in his last four appearances so he's relatively stretched out has not completed the fifth inning yet though so what do you want to do with these guys 5900 I'll take 5,900 of, of 85 pitches going against the Yankees. Hopefully we get a few strikeouts here. 
Yeah, I think Richards is in play at that price on DK. I, I don't think I would roll him out on FanDuel unless, you know, you just a couple dart throws because, again, we just don't really need the savings. He's at 5,500 over there if you wanted to do it, though. Um, he's really a guy who relies on one tremendous pitch, and that's his changeup. Uh, he throws uh, three different ones, a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, and he mixes in a curveball as well. Uh, but the changeup is his, his bread and butter. He gets 38.3% whiff on it so far this year. Uh, he's not throwing a cutter at all anymore. Uh, used to be a 15% whip for him and uh, was giving up last year a uh, 500 slugging uh, percentage on the pitch. Uh, so he kind of got that out of his repertoire. But it hasn't really helped on the contact numbers. 35th percentile exit below, uh, 20, 20th uh, hard hit rate, uh, 14th percentile in uh, strikeout rate, 47th percentile in whiff. So he gets swing and miss, but not putting guys away fully. That's kind of a product of only having one pitch that gets a lot of swing and miss. You can't throw it every time. Um, the Yankees do have a fair amount of strikeouts in this lineup. Uh, we talked earlier on the Live Before Lock show with Loffy about uh, it's a better target, actually, when Judge and Stanton are in there with their heavy, heavy strikeout rates. But there's still a good amount of Ks in this lineup. So he could put up a decent, sneaky little start there at that price on DK. Use him as an SP2, one of like your 10% cap kind of guys. Uh, on the other side, Tank is a pitcher that I like. Uh, he's oddly been struggling with his uh, splitter the last two years. Uh, it seems like the change that he made to it, um, let's see, it, it basically creates a hanging effect on his splitter. He's throwing it with a little bit more spin than he used to, and he's leaving it up in the zone, and it's happening too much to him. But that same spin is now also being applied to his four-seamer, and the four-seamer has become a better pitch for him. Uh, he's striking out uh, – 30% uh, whiff on the four-seamer now uh, to go with 41% on his slider. Um, so it's a it's a strange product of, uh, of what's gone on with that pitch. The splitter used to be a very big pitch for him, 30% uh, whiff on it, uh, and would only occasionally get dinged. This year he's at 232 uh, X ISO on the, on the splitter. So he's leaving it up. People are hitting it. When you see him give up home runs, they're usually those odd home runs. He might put a guy on base. He's been cruising along through the game. And then all of a sudden in the fifth or sixth, he gives up two home runs. So that's usually where it happens. Uh, he gets a little tired and the ball stays up in the zone on that splitter. So we got to watch out for that. But overall, 7,500 on fans will get a very decent projection for him. I shouldn't say very high, but a very good projection for him uh, for that money on FanDuel. So I like mixing in a fair amount of tank. The Rays lineup worries me a little bit. Uh, we saw Austin Meadows was sitting today um, against Cole. I'm not sure if he's dinged up. Uh, if he's back in the lineup, I, that improves their lineup significantly. Uh, but there's a fair amount of lefty pop still, even if Meadows isn't in there with uh, Brandon Lowy, uh, G-Man Choi, Yoshi Tatsugo, uh, a couple of those other guys. So dangerous, tricky spot, but uh, I can definitely get to some tank. All right, moving along. Oh, to follow up with the, the Yankees, uh, they are – just that page, but let's get back there. They're striking out 23% of their current roster, 23% of the time against righties. That's actually middle of the pack right now. Tigers are first. Have, have you looked at their team strikeouts? I haven't. I, I could scroll over, but... 28.6%. Uh, that's like... That's like going against Scherzer and Cole every day. Um, every right-hander. The Brewers are 27.7. The Cubs are 27.5. The Pirates of all team are uh, 26. And remember, there's no there's no uh, pitchers dragging this upper down this year either. <laughs> right. That's true. So very interesting. The, the yeah, team with the least stuff. strikeouts 
Um, Padres, Astros, Diamondbacks, Nationals, Dodgers, Phillies are all 20 to 21. So that's the low end, just for perspective. Yeah. But uh, makes sense too, thinking about just you know some of the hitters in those lineups that that really tracks the expectation. All right, uh, moving on to our next game, we have Chicago at the aforementioned Pittsburgh Pirates. You've got Chad Cool, uh, who has been not so cool in his last four starts. He's given up five home runs, one in each, two in one of them. Uh, he still has excellent. Uh, Baseball card numbers, a 2.5 ERA, a 1.1 whip, and uh, that's where it starts to fall off. He's been actually pretty lucky. 11 walks in 25 innings, that's not great. Uh, but he has not really been giving up a ton of hits, per se. And then when these home runs have happened, people haven't been on base. But that can all come falling uh, apart in a hurry. John Lester on the other side, a whole lot of them, yeah. About a 1.2, 1. 1.3 home run per nine to righties and lefties. About 20 to 22% strikeout rate, slight advantage uh, against same-handed hitters. Not really excited about either of those. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I I would say maybe not excited about Lester, but I think Lester's probably usable. Um, just this Pirates lineup is one that uh, is starting to – come up in my model a lot to give the opposing pitcher a pretty strong projection. We've seen them struggle, uh, you know, pretty significantly. You, you mentioned, you know, their strikeout numbers in here. Um, so Lester's a guy overall, somewhat reliable veteran, I guess, as a good way to put it. Still, uh, you know, over his career, 0.93 home runs per nine, but it's gone up over the last three seasons, 136. Most of that power comes to the right side. So, uh, Really, Josh Bell, when he hits from the right side of the plate, is you know big guy to worry about in that lineup. And then like maybe a Kevin Newman on the right side of the plate, but there's not that many big righty hitters in this lineup to worry about. So uh, Brian Reynolds, when he's on the right side of the plate as well, uh, switch hitter there. So I'm not too, too concerned about them really mashing him. I think he could put up a serviceable kind of a start, but I don't expect him to strike out a lot of these hitters. Uh, only 16.2% strikeout rate this year for his career, 22.1%, but that's come down over the last few years. So not walking a ton of hitters. Um, I think you can roll out a little bit of them, not too, too terribly much. 8,300 on FanDuel as a pay down option. I think we can get away with it. Um, on the other side, yeah, cool. I agree. I'm not, uh, not really looking to throw him out there uh, very much at all, uh, if at all. 20.4% uh, strikeout rate for his career, 9.4% walk, 1.52 career home run to, per nine for uh, to lefty hitters. So maybe take a look at some of those big uh, Cubs lefty bats, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber come to mind. We saw Jason Hayward produce the other day. He's having a little tiny bit of a sneaky renaissance season over there or uh, sneaky what he was supposed to be kind of a season maybe. Um, so you can get to some of those lefty Cubs, I think, and uh, shake things up and then mix in some of the good righties over there. All right, uh, it is the Mariners in Oakland that will not be playing uh, Monday, or pardon me, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, baseball, uh, MLB.com starting pitchers page did not have that updated when I pulled the, the stuff from there earlier. They do have it updated now, as does ESPN. We were laughing because there is a guy named LJ pitching for the Mariners, but he spells his name L-J-A-Y, which, hey, that's LJ. So there you go. Uh, but Terry and I were, were having a good laugh at uh, the unique names uh, that appear in baseball. Always some fun ones. Always some fun ones. All right. Uh, the next game, we have our real pitchers here. A couple of aces, probably the best two pitchers of the night. Aaron Nola 
going against the Nats. His counterpart, lefty Pat Corbin. Corbin strikes out uh, over the last two seasons, 36% of lefties, 28% of righties. Uh, Nola gets about 28% of righties. These guys are just phenomenal. Shouldn't be any weather issues to speak of that uh, we're looking at just yet. There was a rainstorm moving through kind of the Baltimore, D.C., up towards New York and Philadelphia area today. I think it's probably remnants of uh, the last tropical storm uh, that was working its way up the coast, but I think we're going to be okay on this one. They're both over 10,000 on DK. We have Coors Field on the slate. What do you want to do with this uh, true pair of aces? Definitely, yeah. They're top two guys on the slate. I think uh, you know pretty much by far, uh, as far as just name recognition, uh, pure pitching quality. Just scrolling over to my uh, projections, both coming up near the top of uh, of everybody in the, on my overall projections for tomorrow. So really like both pitchers uh, in a vacuum. Like both offenses, though, too. So it's you know, not the easiest spot in the world for either guy. But I think the quality of the pitcher overcomes uh, in general here. Uh, Nola, to take as a starting point, striking out 34.8% of hitters still this year. It was, uh, I believe, a career high right now. 6.5% walks. Uh, just mostly cruising through uh, through 2020, uh, unlike a lot of us. Um, so his uh, career is at 26.4% uh, strikeouts, 0.99 uh, home runs uh, per nine. Uh, using his sinker 23% of the time, uh, gets 34% whiff on his four-seamer, 375 on his curveball, 41 on his change. Throwing the change a little bit less this year, throwing the curveball a little bit more, getting good results with it. So, you know, seems like that's something that's going to stay. Sitting 92nd percentile strikeout rate, 79th in whip rate, uh, 19th percentile in hard hit. So he's allowing a little bit of hard hit, but it hasn't really cost him. Uh, 55th in exit below. So around league average in exit below when guys make contact, they're getting decent part of the bat on the ball. But again, not something I'm really worried about getting a quality projection on him here. Corbin, the lefty going up against uh, the uh, Phillies offense here. I probably like the other side of that better. I would probably lean into maybe playing some Phillies against Corbin if I had to play one of these offenses and playing some Nola on the mound if I had to play one of these pitchers. Uh, but that said, I do like Corbin a lot as a pitcher just in general. Uh, he's a 23.5% uh, strikeout for his career, also limits the home run pretty well. Getting 42% whiff on uh, 217 sliders he's thrown so far this year. Uh, limited his, cur uh, his change up and his curves uh, a little bit so far this year, and his whiff rate had come down uh, to like the mid-teens. Uh, it had been like mid-20s prior. So something a little bit maybe concerning, something to keep an eye on going forward, but ultimately not worried about Pat Corbin. Um, right around league average, uh, 49th percentile in both K rate and whiff rate. Uh, limits barrels right now, but uh, giving up a little bit of hard hit, a little bit of exit below. Uh, and he's the lower of the two projected guys. Under 10K at 9,600 on FanDuel, though, I think I can definitely make an argument for it. Somebody I want to watch at the top starters. Continuing along on our slates, we've got uh, some guys we're going to want to target against. Ryan Weber going for Boston. Six ERA on the season, 1.5 whip. Uh, he will probably go for about 45, 50 pitches, and then we'll see what comes out of the bullpen. So we're going to want to target against him. On the other side, you have Ian Anderson, who had, I want to say he had a no-hitter. Uh, he was kind of on a pitch count or whatever. Let's see. He ended up going 90 pitches. He went six innings uh, allowed. Uh, this is against the, the Yankees in his debut. Uh, uh, he allowed one home run. Two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, it was a good start uh, for him. 
Don't know that we're going to get that again, but we saw J.D. Martinez out of the lineup on Monday. Red Sox, uh, I don't I don't think Kevin Pillar got traded. They were looking to move um, some he there did. were some interesting buyers and sellers on today's trade deadline, so I didn't. I didn't fall. I was reading some of those um, uh, supposition pieces right before, so I now I'm mixing up who actually got traded and who was who was going to, <laughs> who, who might have been traded and who the likely candidates were for it. Yeah. But uh, I'm we, almost positive Pilar did get traded. Okay. Uh, yeah, so like anyway, 90, 90 point, plus percent sure. Point being, these these aren't the Mookie Betts Betts led Red Sox. They still have some decent uh, batters, but it drops off the shelf pretty quickly because they shipped out Moreland. Um, mm-hmm. If they toss Pilar, if J.D. Martinez is a little dinged up, all of a sudden you're missing, and obviously no Mookie Betts. That's like five of their key guys. Um, put Pilar's name in with random other outfielder that has always been it, with them at some point, uh, sort of the plug-and-play guy, but... Do you want to go with Anderson at 6,800? I guess that would be the easier question. He feels like a 10, 10 15% SP2. I don't want to X him out. We're not going to get you know five no-hit innings followed by a solo home run in the sixth kind of outing, but he is 6,800. Again, Coors Field, and we just talked about two premium pitchers there. We need the cheap guys. Yeah, and this could be one of the better ones on the slate. And I tell you what, I like it a heck of a lot better at that price than it is 9,000 price on FanDuel which is just ridiculous. How what does I that say, even yeah, happen? What did I say Pat Corbin was? Like 96? Yeah, something like that. So, unless something's gone haywire here, this is pulling a 9,000 price tag on him on FanDuel. He's a high-end prospect, but I mean, that's nonsense. Uh, I don't know who's drinking and making prices over there at the blue site, but we won't worry about it. Um, I think, yeah, if J.D. Martinez is out of the lineup again, especially, I think you can definitely roll some of him out where he's cheap on that site and uh, help with some of the savings that you need. Uh, high-end kid it's definitely too much to expect that he'll go you know no hits like you said and, uh, and you, then maybe a, a solo shot and strike out six the strikeouts are somewhat real uh, he was 28 to 30 percent strikeout rate through his minor league stops did a good job limiting home runs so he's fairly good at limiting power 45 to 50 percent ground ball rate um, good whiff very good whiff rate on his changeup uh, in that debut uh, it was somewhere in the uh, high 50s I believe uh, but again you know he only threw a handful of um, so he was getting swing and miss on that pitch. So I think he could be effective enough as one of those SP2 guys on uh, DK. Be conservative with how much you do it, but uh, I think we can get away with it there. Uh, somebody to watch out for just a hitter that the Red Sox added uh, is Bobby Dahlbeck, top prospect for them, hitting prospect. I mentioned him in a, in a column last night. Uh, he wasn't on either slate yesterday. I think DraftKings put him in today. FanDuel, I saw somebody posted in Slack. FanDuel decided, uh, given the 24 hours that he was up in the league now, they put him in, gave him a price for their silly pick three guys who were going to hit home run today game, and they did not put him on the main slate for four reasons. So, again, FanDuel doing weird things. But if he's on the slate, he's a power hitter. He's a good high-end kid, uh, and probably the public's not going to be very aware of him. So if you're building Red Sox stacks, that's an option you can maybe work with. Um, he's replacing like a Mitch Moreland in that lineup, probably be hitting somewhere near the middle, back middle. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a diminished Red Sox team. So I'd be worried about that. And I'd be looking at these Braves as a stacking option. Uh, Weber, not a good pitcher. Uh, I think he did pitch into the sixth, uh, if I'm remembering my notes correctly, as I scroll up here. I think he uh, did. Went the wrong way. So yeah, he pitched into the sixth and has uh, gone, uh, you know, a, a couple decent starts, but not a good pitcher overall. Um, why is this? 
So he so he has gone uh two point two one and one point one innings in his last three appearances. They uh, he's okay. not actually starting starting. Yeah, so so he's not he's kind of in that middling role, but regardless, you're getting at least a half a bullpen game and you're getting a not yes. effective pitcher coming out of the gate. So look at those brave stacks is, is my point. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh our next one here, we're gonna have some fun. Asher Wojciechowski. 5500 uh what what are what is your your raw thoughts on him and, and here's here's what i my my lead paragraph that i've started writing the spotlight hitters and stacks article which is free in front of the paywall you get my article you get two from terry uh i think there's some of the, the the better articles out there especially ones that are for free uh mine's more of a quick hitting terry's is kind of a, his overnight one's a little bit more of a think piece and then he, his uh, second one comes out and covers uh leverage plays against the stacks once we figure out where the rest of the industry is kind of going so uh, it's helpful but i said um oops where is it i said in fine baltimore oriole fashion right-hand pitcher asher wojciechowski continues to allow home runs at an alarming rate in his last 246 righty righty matchups he is seeding them that's a lofty word at 1.76 home runs per nine with a 207 ISO and a 52 and a half fly ball rate. Lefties have been even better with a 2.24 home run per nine, 275 ISO on a 45 and a half percent fly ball rate. I was all thinking I might end up playing him. No, 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 no. And then somehow Brandon Nimmo, now he's 4,400 on DK. He was like our 3K cheapie forever. And I went and he's now 200 more than Michael Conforto. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, Woj is uh, not not good at keeping the ball in the ballpark. Uh, that has definitely become his calling card right now. And that's uh, 187 and a third innings in his career at this point. And uh, 192 overall home run for nine. Within what you were just talking about, yeah, for his career, it's 2.06 home runs to nine per nine for to left-handed hitters. So definitely a guy you want to target with some of those Mets. Nimmo's still cheap on FanDuel, 2,900 <laughs> over there. Jeff McNeil and his amazing hit tool, only 2,500. J.D. Davis uh, on the right side of the plate, 28. Conforto, 31. So there's so much you can do with the Mets over on FanDuel. The three most expensive hitters are, are in the projected lineup hitting five, fifth, sixth, and seventh, which is a weird little anomaly uh, of how the Mets are doing their roster, their lineup construction right now. But, uh, yeah, I would lean heavy and hard into that Mets offense for sure. And then uh, not – I don't think roll out any Woj for sure at all on FanDuel. What was his DK price? Was it I think it was like 50, all justifiable? 58. Um, where is it? <sighs> even so, like even at five percent, I don't think I like. It. Yeah, fifty five hundred. I just, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting a great feeling about it. He'll, he'll be like a five percent guy for me, just, just because at that point, I will be running through various combinations of, you know, him. Probably not Mike Fulmer, but that would be a name that would pop up. <laughs> Daniel Norris, who's looking like he's the left hand version of of Mike Fulmer at this point. Uh, you know, uh, Franklin uh, Colome, who is going uh, for the Mets, 5,800. So these, there's nothing really exciting to like from any of these guys. And especially when you can just go up a grand to get Ian Anderson or 2,000 to get at a 7,600 price for Masahiro Tanaka. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out building all the, the lineups. But um, yeah, Wojciechowski, it was just, it's not exciting. and And I had not realized how bad the home run rates really were because i thought he's like okay he's 
he's an okay pitcher, but he's like really what Andrew Kashner, I guess. Yeah, that, that actually example. might be insulting to Andrew Kashner. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is saying something. <laughs> Um, yeah, Woj is a guy, I agree. He's a guy who like, seems like he pops up in chat rooms from time to time. Hey, can I roll Woj out there? He's yeah. done this and that, but it's just the home runs really, that really turns me off. And even at 5,500, you know, small percentile. Yeah. Small percentage. Yeah, sure. But you're really, really playing with fire and really asking for a negative score. If you do yeah. that too much. So. And yeah, Kilom on the other side, don't know that much about him. He's the 10th overall Mets prospect. Uh, 27.3% uh, strikeout, 15.2 in his two appearances, seven inning sample size this year. In the minors, he was a high teens, low 20 strikeout guy, uh, sinker baller type. I don't think there's really much there. Um, I don't know how heavy I would want to lean into the Orioles offense because of it, but I think it's just more a stay away spot. Uh, let's see. Over here on uh, sponsor Yahoo, by the way, they've got their management fee free contests up. That's uh what other sites call the rake, aka what what the site takes for hosting these contests. Zero management fee contests. Everything that goes in goes back out to the players. These do fill up quickly. They have them at the twenty five cent and the three dollar level. But these are winnable contests because they are not gigantic prize pools. Um, but definitely give them a look over there. They now have CSV edit in addition to CSV upload. That'll be very helpful with football ten days away. Let's go to our next game. Detroit-Milwaukee sort of hinted at it. You've got Mike Fulmer coming back from, is it Tom, was it Tommy John or was it a knee? I can't remember, but he's working his way back from uh, surgery for missing most of last season, if I'm remembering correctly. I, don't, yeah, I think it was Tommy John. Didn't write that one down. Pretty, yeah, pretty sure. But he has gone 46, 63, 58, 57 pitches. The reason he kind of popped a little bit for me was uh, we were talking pre-show, but the the Milwaukee Brewers are scoring runs against righties 30% less than the average team. That's their WRC plus number. So all of a sudden I was a little tiny bit interested in him, but we'll see. Again, this is where usually I talk myself into some of my, my crappy guys into becoming 10 or 15 percenters. I'm going to have a passel of five percenters tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just not going to feel good about any of them. We know that Daniel Norris is likely to be the, the next guy in. He's gone 26, 59, 51, and 32 innings. So he's going to be good for about three innings. Same close to what Fulmer will be good for. So you're going to get one righty and one lefty and then whatever else happens in the bullpen. For the Milwaukee side, you've got Adrian Hauser, who has given up a, bunch, a home run in every game over his last four, two in the last one. He has not been getting the strikeouts like we were expecting to see. Three and in four innings in his last start, three and in seven innings, five and in five innings, four and in five innings. That's just a little concerning. He's getting um, not many fly balls, which I like to see. He's getting a lot more ground balls than, than I had figured um, him for. But his his fantasy production, just not really anything to write home about. At 8,500, I don't feel great about it. I really don't want to play Detroit against him, per se. But we look at anybody that's going against Detroit because they're striking out 28% of the time against righties. So that's all I got. Yeah, and we know, we know that Tigers offense is one that we can attack with with most pitchers. Um, Hauser was supposed to be, like you said, kind of a, a bit better on the strikeout side of things uh, coming in as a, as a full-time starter. Uh, but he is getting by uh, with, the, you mentioned the ground ball, 64.6% ground ball rate. Just phenomenal ground ball rate so far this year. 
54.7 a career. So it is a trade of his. It's something repeatable and very real. Just gets a ton of balls on the ground. Uh, you mentioned the six home runs allowed this year. Probably more of a blip for a guy that has that much on the ground that uh, just maybe left a few too many pitches up and uh, got caught. Uses his sinker 46% of the time, not getting much whiff on any of his pitches. Uh, low 20s on most of the stuff. Uh, 31% on uh, a limited amount of curveballs, only thrown 53 of them so far this season. So maybe work that in and uh, get a little bit more of a strikeout pitch in there. But yeah, sitting 21st percentile in strikeout rate, 15th, 18th percentile in whiff rate. Um, 77th in hard hit rate, 82nd in exit below allowed. So doing a good job, again, limiting the power uh, just in general as far as guys being able to make quality contact, except on those few that have gotten out of the yard. So not a pitcher I love, but I think against this offense, the spot is good enough that we can justify it. 6,700 on FanDuel is, is certainly playable if you want to try and find savings, if you need to build something expensive. Uh, Fulmer on the other side, I'm getting an interesting projection, and it's probably based off of some of the things you were pointing out. And I'm glad you mentioned those because I would have been scratching my head about this projection, and it probably would have cost me an hour looking for what was causing it until I noticed some of those team rates. Uh, so that's interesting, you know, that they're uh, doing so poorly against righties. I just don't know that we're going to see enough of them to get to the projection I have. I suspect I've got a, an innings projection that's not accounting for him coming out of this game early. Um, so it would be dicey on the one-pitcher site. Maybe if you can get by as a small amount on the two-pitcher site, though, I think you could probably squeeze enough juice out of him there. Uh, overall, he's not a big strikeout pitcher, and I feel like people remembered him before, he, from before he went out as being a guy who got strikeouts. But really for his career, he's only 18.8% strikeout, 6.9% walk. Uh, in 2018, before he went out all of last year, he was at 1.29 home runs per nine, uh, has allowed six home runs in his 14 innings pitch this year which is a little bit bumpy, five of those six to right-handed hitters. Um, so that's one where I know I said six home runs is probably a blip for the other guy. For a guy just coming back from surgery, really struggling to find it, limited amount, it's probably more real in this spot. Um, struggling with everything in StatCast, uh, second percentile exit below, second percentile hard hit rate, first percentile ex-WOBA, 14th percentile K rate. Uh, so just really, really not putting it together right now. I just don't think the pitcher's back overall. Uh, so even with their struggles, I think we could probably build some Brewer stacks, focus on the top of the lineup and get away with it on the offensive side. Yeah, so you're saying Fulmer is Kyle Hendricks, but with better publicity. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that. It's pretty close. I just look, called it up to look at it. It's like, you know, those numbers kind of remind me of somebody else uh, that we never know what to do with. Um, let me see here. The next game's actually a really fun one. We've got a huge dichotomy. Matt Harvey, reluctantly, reluctantly, I won't zero him out of mine, but this could be the rare one to three percenter that just doesn't get used. He should probably not be in the league uh, at this point. 54 pitches in each of his two appearances. He's allowed two home runs, seven earned runs. Um, he is, he's getting a strikeout per inning, but this is don't associate the name Matt Harvey with this and move along. But he's Asher Wojciechowski and he's not going to yeah. go as deep um, from that perspective. The other side, this one surprised me. Dan Plesak has had three very, very good outings. Now he was, um, uh, he ended up uh, getting, I don't know, suspended is the right word, but the team sent him uh, to the alternative training site. He was part of that whole not telling the truth about where they were breaking team protocol uh, issues. 
So he hasn't pitched in a major league game since August 8th, which is why we've kind of forgotten about him. But 95, 103, and 98 pitches heading into that. On the season, a 1.29 ERA, 0.67 whip, and he's got 24 strikeouts in 21 innings. 8,300 going against Cleveland, pardon me, going for Cleveland against Kansas City. I kind of like this. I want to roll the dice on it. Yeah, and I think, would you say the DK prices? 83 don't have those 83 yeah so i like that on dk better i'd be a little bit minimally concerned about what the pitch count might be Mm -hmm. just because he hasn't started since the eighth when these guys go to the alternate site they're not not throwing you know they're they're pitching in simulated games they're doing their their drills and they're throwing you know like when guys throw on the side during the week in between starts things like that but they're not getting full game rate they're not going all out so it is going to have some kind of an impact. We hope that he limits it. 9,700 for me is a bit too much to pay, even though I do really like the spot on FanDuel. And I'm getting a decent enough projection that I might get to a little bit of it. But I'm going to be limiting him more than I normally would in this spot. Uh, he's a pitcher that I think is pretty good. He was pitching effectively, like you mentioned earlier in the year, 21 innings. Uh, that The strikeouts that you mentioned, uh, you, you gave the total, the percentage is 31.2% of hitters and only walking 2.6%. So. Yeah, that yields a very nice whip of 0.67, like you said, 292 XFIP earlier in the year. So pitching with quality um, is somebody that I was growing, uh, getting some growing trust in. Uh, Overall for his career, 155 home run per nine to right-handed hitters. So if you're looking into that Kansas City stack, maybe a Jorge Solero is a one-off or maybe some of the righties over there. You can get away with like a Michael Franco, a Hunter Dozier, a Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler stack, all righties. But I don't think Plesak's going to get lit up here. I do think Matt Harvey's probably going to get lit up here. Uh, like you said, he's much more uh, Asher Wojciechowski than he is Matt Harvey these days. Um, did not get picked up to sign in the KBO or the NPB when he was fishing around there. Managed to land a job with the Royals and uh, probably should not be in the league at this point. Uh, bottom of everything in StatCast, uh, sixth percentile exit velo, eighth hard hit rate. First percentile ex-WOBA, uh, fourth percentile strikeout rate, just not really getting anything done. For his career, 22.1% strikeout, 6.8% walk, but he's not even that guy. And he's certainly not the guy that we saw striking out close to 30% of hitters. Uh, I just found it curious or interesting, I guess I should say, his high watermark for his career for strikeout rate was that rookie year when he struck out 28.6% of hitters. He was never that good again. Which is which is weird. It seemed I would have thought that two or three years later he was better and higher than that. But uh, 2018 he was down at 19.8 percent uh, strikeout rate, four five seven xFIP, and that's the last time we really saw him when he kind of washed out uh, in that half year. Uh, was was very poor performance uh, in the small sample with the Angels last year. So not a guy I trust. Not a guy I want any part of here. All right, a uh, bunch of 8 o'clock games here. Next one is the White Sox at Minnesota. We've got Dallas Keuchel coming in at 8,700. We have Michael Pineda back in our lives. He has finished serving his 60-game suspension, appealed uh, for, I don't, I can't remember, what he some sort of banned substance or a masking agent. I forget what it was, but uh, they dropped it to 60 games. He's finally done serving that. The White Sox, one of the best offenses in the league. The Twins, a little bit of a different story. Um, I still don't want either of these pitchers. 
for their prices? Um, I could maybe get to a little bit of Keiko at 8,400 on FanDuel. It's not a great spot, like you said, uh, but he's a pitcher that I trust him to have at least an effective game, probably not get lit up. Uh, another ground ball specialist type of guy, um, 0 0.89 uh, home run per nine for his career. He's only allowed two home runs in 43 and a third inning so far in 2020. 33% sinker usage. Uh, he's got a cutter, 36% whip on uh, 175 changeups. He's allowing more hard and medium contact than he normally does. Normally he's generating around 20% 20, 20 soft contact. This year it's only 14%. So we could actually see him improve on what he's done so far. He's sitting in a 378 XFIP this year, 1.04 whip. So he's pitching pretty effectively around his norms uh, for strikeout rate, only 14.9% strikeout. We saw that one outlier game where he struck out like eight hitters, but that's not who he is. We're not going to get a ton of strikeouts here, but I think maybe he could get through this Twins lineup, keep the ball in the ballpark, limit the damage, and put up an okay-ish type of a start. If other guys get lit up, it might be enough at that savings on FanDuel. So he's kind of a mid-tier guy, not a guy I would – go nuts with by any means. I mean, sub 10% ownership on FanDuel for me, if I'm getting to him at all. Uh, Mikey Pineda on the other side of this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I, I need any part of him against the Chicago offense. They're an offense I like to get to a lot. Guy hasn't pitched since last year when he got suspended. To me, if a guy's got a 20, a 60 game suspension and you have a 60 game season, he should probably just be out for the entire season, but I don't know how these things work. Uh, 1.43 home runs per nine to right-handed hitters over his career. Uh, used to throw a 95 mile an hour, 40% uh, fastball, 40% of the time, and a slider, 40% of the time. Uh, now he's down to 92 uh, 92 miles an hour, still throwing it quite a bit. It just kind of sits in the middle of the zone, no spin really on it. So it's a, just a big, meaty, fat pitch that I think these White Sox are going to do a lot of damage to. Uh, so do not like the spot for Mikey. I think we can definitely justify some White Sox bats here, getting good home run projections for most of the hitters in the middle of this lineup. So team I'm going to be digging into for sure. Did you, would it, it will, this will shock you. Now this is just this season. So incredibly small sample size, but the twins have a 75 WRC plus against lefties. So really? WRC plus we've mentioned a few times on the show, but basically what that is weighted runs created plus. So it's an advanced metric that essentially neutralizes ballpark factors and creates a league-wide scoring efficiency baseline of 100. So whatever above or below 100 you are, that's, that's basically percentages. So it's how much or how efficiently you create runs, not just score them, but like if you're a player, you know, maybe it's RBI or it's your scoring, mm -hmm. where are you involved in a run? Um, and they're 25% less. Their isolated power this season, 397 plate appearances, 107. It is really? all Nelson Cruz. It is literally yeah, I mean, it's all Nelson Cruz. He has right. a 594 ISO in 37 plate appearances. God, he's good. <laughs> the ageless, unstoppable oh. Nelson Cruz. Yeah, and that these numbers, I think they include Buxton and, uh, but it's 17 at bats Probably and will, and yeah. and uh, Mitch Garber as well. He actually doesn't have an extra base hit against lefties. The only 23 plate appearances. Uh, but hmm. when you're looking back over their two year numbers, they stand out as phenomenal plays. I will still be playing, um, not as much because it's it's Keiko and it's ground balls and all that. But I was surprised when I was looking at this uh, earlier today, so I wanted to call that out. 
I'll be stacking again. I'll be riding them up. Take these guys against lefties because you know who's going to do it. But it's it's been a it's been a tough year for the Twins. So that doesn't do anything for uh, improving your uh, increasing your Dallas Keuchel share. On no, it's a, pr- a price thing. Yeah, which makes sense. All right, finishing up. Well, we got three to go here. Texas, Houston. Because here's the guy I want to go to, Framber Valdez. Who knew? But he's actually been solid this year. He has, let's see, 38 and a third innings. He's allowed only two home runs, 40 strikeouts, so basically one per inning, two, two, 2.35 ERA, 1.1 uh, whip. Yes, he, let's see, he's faced the uh, the Mariners. Uh, I guess he only faced the Mariners once. He's faced the Angels twice. The Angels are not good this year, by the way. And then he survived in Colorado. Um Three runs, only one was earned. But uh, we'll give that to him. I'm going to Framber Valdez. Yeah, I don't, I I don't so. know what to do with with uh, Texas. I, they're outside, outside of Joey Gallo, they're not scary at all. No, no, not by any means. And I believe they traded Todd Frazier back to the Mets today. So take another <laughs> thumper of a bat out of that, uh, out of that lineup. Why are <laughs> we back on the East Coast, everybody? I don't understand the Mets. I don't understand the Marlins either. Why were the Mets trying to get a catcher when they have Wilson Ramos? Right? He still plays for them, right? I haven't blocked that out of my memory because he just hit a home run this weekend. And then you've got uh, the the Marlins. We're selling. No, we're buying. They trade Caleb Smith, but then they take on the contract of (laughs) of Starlin Marte because Arizona didn't want to pick it up. It's and it's like twelve and a half million or whatever whatever for next year. That's a good one year deal for Starling Marte. So I mean I I don't know why they continue to give up their prospects. They'll end up flipping Marte at some point because that's not a bad deal for a one year team. Some playoff team bound team will need an outfielder, right? And he can play every outfield position. But I was just like, what the hell are these teams doing? Now granted Technically, I think what the Marlins are like fifteen and fifteen or something like that. It's it's hard to tell because they miss so many games. But they're, yeah, they're second in, in the AL East or the NL East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and to confound things on on their end even further, they also traded away Johnny VR. Oh so yeah, that was like, the other one. Yeah. It was like you're buying, you're selling, you're buying, you're selling. But at least in that spot, they've got uh, high end prospect Isan Diaz who can come in and kind of jump into the second base role right away. He's pretty much ready to go. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was an interesting series of acquisitions, and they've dealt like half of last year's pitching staff to the Diamondbacks. Now, <laughs> just, like, just yeah, really weird decisions. But uh, and the Mets did also get uh, Chirinos, I think, from uh, from the Rangers here too. So uh, they did get that that catcher uh, to go with them. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to further diminish this Rangers lineup overall. Uh, I really like the spot for Framber. Another thing that I like about Framber is he's going deep into games. Yeah. He's pitched. Uh, or three of the last four, I think, into the seventh inning or through the seventh inning. So I think that's really good. We're, this is a year we've talked about paying for reliability, paying for pitch count. That's somebody who's been getting it done and repeating the uh, the ability to do it. So pretty good. Um, overall, he's 22.3% strikeout, 12.1% walk. But this year he's got that down to 26% strike, up to 26% strikeout and all the way down to 5.8% walk getting 57.8% ground balls. Uh, he's a career 62% grounders guy. So just keeps the ball in the yard, keeps it on the ground, goes deep into games. I, I think we can definitely hit this spot and hit it pretty hard against a bad lineup. He's really only got to duck Joey Gallo, like you said. Uh, get a good projection on him. 
99 is a lot of freight to pay for Fred Valdez on FanDuel. But even with these other good pitchers on the slate, I think I'm going to at least have some um, and, and potentially a lot. I really, I do like the spot. I like him better than uh, similarly priced Zach Plesak, I think. So it's going to be interesting. All right. On the other side, you have Jordan Lyles pitching like he's still in Coors Field. Uh, the I wanted to look at this box score because the, the Mariners hung like eight runs on him, I think. Uh, yeah, eight runs on 11 hits. They got one, two, three doubles and a home run. Uh, yeah, it was just a, a horrible outing. He's gone negative his last two. I really don't want to tangle with the Astros, so we don't need to spend much time on that. And I don't even want him to be a 5%er because it's 7,200. That's taking away one, maybe two bad upgrades where I'd rather roll the dice on those guys with the five in front of their salary. So there's the difference. Because yeah, yeah. so mine's not like, just play a little bit of everybody. It's like, no, 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 no. Pucker factor's going to be high with some of these guys. <laughs> but if I get a two home run game from somebody, that you know makes it all worthwhile for that risk. That ability kind of gets out, tossed out the window here when you go with someone like yeah. Jordan Lyles for that more expensive rate in a tougher matchup. Um, yeah, and, and that's a great point to bring up with just how to think about that when you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay you know, 2500 3K more for this pitcher who's also not good, but whatever, I want to get to him. You're limiting, and that's a great way to look at it. That's 3000 off the top that you're not able to spend on bats. So that's two $1,500 bat upgrades. You know, that, It's a really good way to look at it and think about what the difference is between I can get X or Y at that bat with that extra 1500 bucks, and you can do it two times in that lineup. So that's improving two spots in what I would probably say, you know, one in each of your stacks. And really you can get to a dramatic, dramatic upgrade with that much money. So that's an important way to look at what seems like on the surface, a pitching decision. Yep. Uh, speaking of pitching decisions, I'm going to play a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit of Kevin Gaussman, definitely some uh, John Gray changed, changed his pitching approach. He pitched angry or pitched nasty. I forget. <laughs> I forget what the adjective they used. Uh, but he he sort of he sort of rubbed some dirt on it and got back in there, uh, as they say, after coming off uh, just an ass kicking by the Dodgers. But he was very very solid. Ninety six pitches against Arizona. Uh, got five strikeouts, just one earned run, uh, three walks, three strike or three uh, hits. Um, we know he's decent at uh, pitching in Coors Field. Um, he's been solid over the last couple years there. He's 6,300. I'm, I'm okay with all of these things, and there's not going to be a ton of people um, that are going to go that route. Gaussman, I'm a little more nervous, but he's still a pretty good pitcher. Um, I think he kind of got the, the short shrift of having to pitch you know, in Camden Yards and, and uh, the AL East for all those years before he moved over to the Braves and then now the Giants. So I'm okay with him. Not as excited, but the strikeouts the hell are the strikeouts coming from 48 in 35 innings is he doing anything different because you know my thoughts on the san francisco home park it's playing like the park they're playing in on tuesday night course field so. <laughs> yeah i i poked around that a little bit and i need to get into him more because it, it seems like there should be something different but you might be right just that he was hamstrung by where he was pitching for so long and the organization that he was pitching with and possibly we're seeing who, you know, not, I don't think he's a 31.6% strikeout guy by any means, but I think we're seeing, you know, the quality that was in that arm. He was a, a good prospect when he came into the league. He wasn't a guy that, you know, was expected to not be a good pitcher, 
So maybe, you know, we'll probably see that come down and normalize uh, to the, you know, maybe high mid twenties range and the walks will probably go up a little bit. Two nine five XFIP one, two, six whip. It could be realistic. Those, those could be somewhat real numbers for him. The one, two, six whip is not anything, you know, wildly spectacular. It's around the average. So, you know, it's, I think he's pitching to his capability, but he's pitching in course. So I'm going to limit the amount that I get to him just based on that uh, pretty much. He doesn't throw a repertoire of pitches that's really too, too damaged by the, uh, by the course factor. He doesn't have like a big loopy curveball or anything like that. So I think he can put up an okay start, but I'm much, much more interested in Johnny Gray on the other side of this one. Uh, I, I think that's a stellar price on DraftKings, especially if we see people not going to him. That's when I would easily maybe sneak up to like the 20% range just because there's so much savings, there's bats and pitchers to pay up for. And if a lot of people aren't going to be going to it, which I don't expect them to do in a good matchup, yeah, it's a course, but Johnny Gray's got, uh, we mentioned it a lot. I scrolled away from it, but uh, for his career, he's a 4-5 OERA, I believe it's uh, at home, and just a 3-4-9 next fit. So he knows how to pitch well at course, and he's done it over the last few years. Uh, getting 45% whiff on his slider overall, 23.9% strikeout for his career, only 1.09 home run per nine, which again is a number that you would probably expect to be higher for a guy who pitches most of his games at the, or half his games at altitude. So I don't dislike that spot. Uh, what I don't love are the stack cast numbers, 26th percentile in exit velo, 17th in hard hit, 25th percentile ex-woba, 6th percentile K rate, uh, 26th in whiff. So not generating a ton of strikeouts, 13.4% strikeouts on the year, actually not generating many at all. Uh, but I think we get an effective and quality, good enough, not necessarily quality start, but a good enough start from him here. All right. And then final game of the night, Dodgers hosting Arizona. They're going against Alex Young. Did you know, you can tell I was looking at the kind of halfway point in the season team stats today. Did you know that the Dodgers lead the league with a 90, a plus 90 run differential? meaning they've scored 90 more runs than they've allowed. Putting that in context for this year, the next two teams uh, with the best run diff, positive run diff differential are the White Sox and Cleveland at 42 and 40. So combined, wow. the Dodgers wow. have still <laughs> outperformed uh, the other teams. So just, throw, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. So Alex Young's allowed seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven home runs in 23 innings this year. Four have come in the last three uh, appearances. I said he struggled mightily against righties, allowing a 1.94 home run per nine and a 229 ISO over his, I think it's career, I didn't go back and look, but 315 uh, plate appearances. And then lefties have got him for a 1.4 home run per nine. Uh, he also has a 50% fly ball rate. This is... This is not good because Bellinger and Muncie both have over 200 ISOs against lefties. And then you know that uh, AJ, AJ Pollock is awesome. Uh, Mookie Betts is awesome. Chris Taylor is well above average. Justin Turner dealing with a hamstring injury. So be careful on that. I don't think he's played in the last few days. And they had the, the Dodgers had Monday off. Um, so we don't know how serious it is. Obviously, if they put him in the lineup... He should be good to go, but just know that this is one of the later games, and if they're holding it out, there's a chance he may not play, right, um, if we get this after lock. So just be cognizant of that. Um, but there we go. What do you want to yeah. leave our loyal listeners with for this game? 
Yeah, I think uh, you're totally right on uh, with Alex Young being a target there. Uh, you hit pretty much every note that I made about it. That was really well done. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, so what I'll add to that, he's sitting fourth percentile in barrels allowed. Uh, doing okay in exit below and hard hit for a guy that's given up that many home runs and that much, uh, that much uh, of the long ball. 60th percentile in strikeout rate, 39th percentile in whiff somehow. Uh, so just overall, not a guy I really trust, not a guy I like. I'm getting a ridiculously low uh, projection on him because of all those runs that the Dodgers score. Uh, and that's really what I expect to see here is just a big game from the Dodgers again. I think we can stack this team. I'm getting good home run marks for most of their lineup, top to bottom, to be quite honest, against this pitcher right now. Uh, so they're pricey. They're difficult to get to. But we've seen that uh, for the last like two weeks straight. The prices are keeping the ownership down on these guys. And you just said they're scoring many more runs than everybody else. So like this is a team you got to figure out ways to pay up for it, regardless of what these prices are. On FanDuel, they make it easy for you. Uh, you've got Turner, who might not be in the game. He's only 3,100. Chris Taylor, 2,700. Uh, Max Muncy, 35. Uh, yeah. So there's plenty to work with on FanDuel. DK is where they make it hard, but I think you do need to do it. Uh, so there's some interesting mix and match options with uh, positional flexibility on a few guys over there. Uh, so I would be really spending a lot of time digging into how can I make this team click with some of the other reasonable stacks? How can I make this team click with two reasonable pitchers and get a lot of them into my life tomorrow? Uh, Julio Urias uh, pitching against this Diamondbacks lineup. I think we can deploy a decent amount of him. Uh, get a good projection on him and only 7,300 on, uh, on FanDuel. So I like the price. I like the spot. DraftKings, uh, <laughs> DraftKings, Diamondbacks are not a team that I necessarily love to tangle with, but he's got a pretty good home run per nine rate, uh, limits power with his stuff, only gets like 40% ground ball. So it's not by keeping the ball in the, on the ground. It's just by being able to keep it in the yard. Uh, only sitting 36 percentile on strikeout rate, 49 percentile on uh, whiff rate this year, but really limiting hard hit, 90th percentile on hard hit rate, 68th in exit below. So I like the pitcher. I like the price. Uh, strikeout rate for this year is around 20. Uh, walk rate, not too tragic. 4.81 xFIP and a 1.41 whip give me a little bit of concern, but I think he could be sneaky enough here. That uh, 7,300 on FanDuel, I think we could justify it and maybe help pay for some of those bats that we don't really need to save for anyway. Yeah, my only concern on him is how how far is he going to go? It, it, he he burns through a lot of pitches, and they don't like to give him a lot. So he yeah. while he gets the strikeouts, he wastes a lot of them trying to get those strikeouts. Um, sort of like Trevor Bauer used to do mm-hmm. once upon a time. Uh, Diamondbacks this year, bottom three team against lefties. However, same collection of hitters going back to the 2018 season and comparing everybody with their current teams, but their results, they're right around average. They're 97% WRC+. plus. So, um, I don't know, just throwing that out there. They're not as bad as they seem. but yeah, And good at limiting the strikeout. Overall, yeah. as a team, only 20.1% uh, strikeout rate on the yeah. year. So one of the better teams on the board at limiting the strikeout. Yeah, and, and that number against lefties for the, t- for the two years and change is 21%. So they're, okay. they're among so the lowest real. as well. Um, the Astros are overall the lowest. But I guess when you know what's coming, you don't miss it, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, Astros. All right. Well, that's, uh, that was a, l- a longer show, but we had a lot to talk about there. Got everybody through, so we're just going to dip on out of here. You can follow Terry on Twitter at DigitalB21. I am at EmacDFS. And, of course, it is Osimo underscore C-O-M. With that, gamers, good luck.